All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 69 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm one of uh, your hosts. Sorry. <laughs> you behave. I'm one of your hosts. Actually, I am the host, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Today I'm joined by Marcus Almighty. Mark, welcome back. Hello, and, sir. And hey, stranger. It's Lonnie. What's up? Good hey, to Lewis be here. Kiss. I haven't, I, office, but I'm here. I haven't checked how your team's doing, but uh, mine's lost four in a row, so I've kind of we given up. We lost two out of three to the Cubs, so my dabber is down right now. Yeah, we lost to the Dodgers, so, you know, life sucks oh, when that man. happens. That's just horrible. Uh, we're going to be joined by 69th Blizzard Ken, the voice of reason, very shortly, uh, but he's got a life, so uh, he'll be with us when he can. Let's uh, jump into today is Thursday, 21st of April. And you'd have to be living under a rock or be particularly ignorant if you didn't know or hear the news that Prince had died today. So, holy shit, you know, here's the passing of another absolutely legendary musical icon. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um which, you know, has just left me somewhat staggered. I mean, I was almost debating whether I wanted to even do a show today just because I wasn't a major Prince fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it's really brought back memories of the passing of Freddie Mercury to me, um, a consummate prof professional, someone just so high up in terms of art um, that, you know, just leaves me speechless. So, you know, I don't have a, I don't have much Prince on my playlist of, got your usual kind of fodder of well the Foo Fighters darling Nikki um you know 1999 when doves die doves die when doves cry uh even raspberry beret which was a uh, one of my guilty pleasures as a youngster on MTV and I got what is it gold which was always on the jukebox at university when I was getting drunk and playing snooker so you know that's about my Prince stuff Lonnie thoughts on Prince it's it's really sad. I mean, I don't, I don't own any Prince music, but you know, I did grow up in the '80s, and a lot of my, and I have, and I have older siblings, you know, so um, I, I can appreciate what Prince did for for music, and I think he's a very, and this isn't a hot take or anything, but he's a very underrated guitar player. Um, I was reading quotes today, and my cousin had posted a, a quote from Eric Clapton. Um, Eric Clapton was asked, how does it feel to be the greatest living guitar player? And Eric Clapton's response was, well, I don't know. Why don't you go ask Prince? That's awesome. And, that, and that's Eric Clapton. I mean, come on. So, But, you know, Pr Prince was dynamic, and, his, and he's legendary, and there'll never be another one, and it's 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 came out of nowhere and it just it really kind of shocked you and it 2016 has not been kind to to musical artists thus far and we're we're only getting started so no and i, I think the big problem is, you know 57 years old this is mortality of people who a lot of us have grown up just with having these guys as a fixture prince existed bowie existed you know, and uh, I, I think one of the things about Prince, and, and it's going to tie in with our topic, uh, which we'll get into in a, in a little bit, is an unbelievable, yeah, that's 1982. Is that controversy? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you go to one of the clips that's making its rounds again today, is Prince performing at his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. I think it's 2004. He's on stage with Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, Steve Winwood. Um, do it and Don, Donnie Harrison because George was inducted as a solo artist uh, posthumously, and they're doing while my guitar gently weeps and Prince absolutely steals the show with his guitar solo in the second half of that song. I mean, if, if anyone thought Pink was just this peculiar, uh, if anyone thought that Prince was just this peculiar, funny little dude who wore odd clothes and occasionally weird wigs sounds like little richard um no hell of a guitarist so it, it's just 
you know, kind of beyond words. But getting into, uh, I guess, a little bit more about, you know, why we're talking about Prince today is Gene Simmons getting into it prior to NWA's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and we're now, you know, Gene versus Ice Cube and MC Ren is, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame really a place that now embodies all what we consider different genres of music or is it legitimately okay to be including hip-hop artists who were maybe you know influenced by the same people who influenced gene simmons early on you know where does one genre start and another end what or is gene just a grumpy old man who can't wait for hip-hop to die because it doesn't have lyrics uh (laughs) I, I, I gotta say, I'm pretty confused. I mean, what, what's Gene's take on the Beastie Boys then? You know, they played electric and they rapped the hell out of stuff. I mean, what, Public Enemy or, you know, Madonna. I mean, what is rock and roll? And I think Ice Cube had a really good thing to say about it that I'm really gonna kind of pick up on from my personal perspective that rock and roll is about spirit. It's not necessarily about guitar bass, drums, vocals. So let's jump in there. Mark, what are some of your initial thoughts on, you know, either Prince or the topic at hand? Well, as far as uh, Prince goes, I only own uh, one album, which is Purple Rain, which is probably not a big surprise because most people probably own that CD. Um, But I was never really a big fan of him initially, but then something happened. Um, I read a really good interview with Phil Collin of Def Leppard, and he was talking about how during the Hysteria tour, I think it was, that him and Steve Clark went to some club in London somewhere, or somewhere on tour, and they saw Prince, and he did a version of Red House in some club, and they said they were absolutely blown away by his guitar playing on it. And then that kind of opened my, you know, my then young and naive eyes to say, you know what, maybe I should check this out. So I checked out some of his playing, and as years have gone by, I've really come to appreciate him as a guitar player. He's very, very underrated. I mean, he his the amount of skill that he has on the guitar is very much hidden on some of his music. If he was to come out and just blast out what he could do on that guitar, you'd be very surprised, you know? But that just goes to show how much of a songwriter he is. He can He can pull that back. And he can write good songs and think about songs from that perspective and not just go out there and make it into a big wank fest like Vinnie Vincent. So he, um, you know, he knows how to control that and he knows how to uh, write good songs. And that's why I've always kind of grown to appreciate Prince. And he was a he's a great producer. I mean, and the, the fact that he can play so many different instruments. I mean, one of the songs that kind of impressed me is when he did that whole Batman soundtrack. I thought that that was amazing what he did you know just by himself you know that just goes to show you know the whole skill that somebody when they learn that much about music and focus on it and learn and study an instrument and you can really take it to the next level like he did i mean he just wrote some really great songs and you know when i heard that he passed away it was really kind of shocking to me because he's not exactly an old guy, you know, I mean, he's just in his fifties, you know, and he had a long way to go in my eyes still both musically and just in life in general. And I found that really distressing. I mean, you know, I'm getting up and, you know, approaching mid forties and, you know, even at this point they say, you know, once you start, once you hit the 4.0, you have to start watching stuff, you know, and, you know, I've had my shaky bit of, you know, life through my 20s and 30s where I didn't give a crap about anything, where I partied all the time and did stuff, and then that kind of stuff starts going into the back of your mind now and saying, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have did so much of that and didn't have any kind of repercussions now on me down the road. So, you know, that's what kind of happens to me when I hear something like this happen, when someone goes goes away so soon. And just really quickly, I'd be... You know, I would be totally amiss not to mention this, especially for my wrestling friends that China also died today. A famous wrestler that uh, she was a pretty popular wrestler during my 
really high point of wrestling when I was watching when Triple H and her were kind of running rough shot through the WWE at that point. But that's a little off topic. But I wanted to mention her there anyway. So, but yeah, but Prince is a he's a great a uh, great artist, and I it really took me aback. It really made me reflect on my whole life and you know how I approached it. And hopefully, I have you know. A good thirty, forty years to go. Who knows, right? We all, we all don't know. That's the point. Yeah, I think we get to forty, and we all get that little package in the mail—a bottle of Centrum, some Metamucil, and some, <laughs> and a bottle of water. As a, yeah, as a, really give me something to look forward to. As a, as a reminder of, uh, you're not young anymore, and you you got to start thinking about the future because it's a hell of a lot shorter than the past. So, um, yeah, you know. Again, stunning, and uh, yeah, thank you for mentioning China because I, I probably wouldn't have gotten into the wrestling side of things. Um, no, no disrespect meant to her, um, but rock and roll. I mean, are, are we? You know, we're talking about age as well in this. Is Gene and I, I guess Paul as well because he's lobbed a few hand grenades in the direction of the hall. And uh, Steve Miller, let's throw him in the mix. Are we just talking about grumpy old men here who uh, you know don't like their kids' music? When when we start talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that now that you're in there, is is there any point in Gene Simmons actually complaining? You're actually a member of that country club, so you know now you went up there and accepted it. You went up there and ex yeah, exactly. And now you want to turn around and now that you've got a vote and who gets in, start saying, well, you know, you're not rock and roll enough to get in. Is that just like? Gene, is that hypocrisy or does that have anything? Well, I mean, I'll just throw in my little bit. I'm sure Lonnie has a lot to say too. So, um, for me, I kind of look at it two ways. Um, I see Gene's point only in one regard that I have no problem with these people getting into a, a hall of fame of, of music, but why do they have to be put into a rock and roll hall of fame? That's my only problem with it. I, I admit that Public Enemy and these guys and Madonna and all these other people, they have had big impact on the music scene. And I and I I fully admit that. It may not be my music of choice, but they've made inroads, they've made an impact, and people know about them from coast to coast to coast to coast. But you know what? It's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, not the Pop Rock Hall of Fame. And I think originally when they meant to do this, I think they kind of had that in mind. I mean, yes, everyone's going to bring up, well, the blues was the origins of rock, and that's what rock came from, and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? Okay, great. That's really getting into fine, fine detail. But, you know, people, when they go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, at least me, when I go there, I want to go see stuff on, you know, Black Sabbath or on bands that are in that genre and check out you know, the history of those bands in there, you know, and what, why it really bugs me about this is that there's some bands still that are not in there that should be in there. I mean, Yes is not in there. And the one that's really bugging me is Iron Maiden, 90 million albums sold and no Iron Maiden in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is an atrocity to me. So that's my only point. And the only thing that I kind of agree with the rest of it, I think, is just Gene trying to hog for some kind of, you know, spotlight time for himself and to put Kiss back into the headlines. And then and a little bit of him just being a grouchy old man now, you know, maybe it's a combination of that. But at that one point, I kind of see eye to eye with him about. Lonnie, you've been taking notes. Well, I had to reach for something. <laughs> things came to mind I didn't want to forget. But, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's made up. It wasn't started by some kind of official group there is no official group it's just some made up thing that we said hey we're going to do we're going to we're going to make our own little club you know what we're going to call it would be really cool we're going to call it the rock and roll hall of fame and you know what it's our club so we can we're only going to put in the people that we want in it because we made the whole damn thing up anyway so it doesn't did it, it when Kiss was eligible in 1998, or 1999, I guess, after 25 years of the first album came out, that's the only thing, I think, that is any kind of stipulation to get in, that it has to be 25 years since your first album came out. So when Kiss was eligible in 99, they didn't get in. Was I bummed about it then? 
yeah, I guess so, because I was 19, 20 years old. But was I excited when Kiss finally got to go into the Hall of Fame last year? No. You know why? Because they've been denied for so freaking long, they don't freaking care anymore. And in the meantime, they let in these other bands that they wanted to let in. And why did they let them in? Not because, you know, they had met certain kind of criteria, because there is no criteria, because they wanted to let them in. And we don't want to let Kiss in, because I don't like Kiss. You know, so we're not going to let them in. So that's it. It doesn't mean anything. But meanwhile, uh, the Beastie Boys were already in by the time Kiss got in anyway. But then Gene and Paul still go up there and accept their award. Like, yeah, and I know Paul tried to slam the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when he gave his acceptance speech as much as he could, but he didn't really take... He might take a couple jabs at him, but he didn't throw an uppercut punch at him and just throw his award back at him like the Sex Pistols did. And if I had my way, that's what I think Kiss should have done is, you know what? Screw you. After all this time, now you're going to let us in? You know what? Thanks, but no thanks. So if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wants to let in NWA, fine. I don't care. You know why? Because it's made up. It doesn't mean anything. It's not like it's Cooperstown with Major League Baseball. The whole thing's made, and it's run by Major League Baseball, as the Baseball Hall of Fame is. It's not run by anybody. It's run by the people at Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone Magazine. Oh, so who geez. freaking cares? It's run by the establishment. Know, you know why it's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because they trademarked the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's, that's what That's what I was just digging for. That's I, the only I, reason why it's even called that. So it's just made up. I could make up my own club. Yeah, I can't call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I can... Call it something pretty damn close, and then I can you let can't the fans even, I want to let it. You cannot even call it Hall of Fame in relation to, uh, to pardon the hell out of me. I'll call it when I want. You, yeah, and that's what I thought. Uh, you know, what, what I was digging for was my had, cease and, and desist. I, capital, that, uh, I don't have the capital that Rolling Stone magazine has to you know build my own museum. But if I did, and I wanted to make my own club, and then I could sell tickets and. And have these artists come and play, then I could do that if I had the kind of capital. But I don't. But the whole thing's just made up anyway. So, Gene, get over it because it's made up. Yeah, Maybe you're mad, be Gene, because you it. didn't think of the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and make all the money off of it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? Maybe. There's nothing, nothing that you said was incorrect there, Lonnie. I mean, everything you said was correct. The only thing, though, that, that, I, that I pose as a question is. To you guys, or to you, Lonnie specifically, is then why do these bands make it such an important thing for them to get into it? That's the only thing I don't understand. And if it's such a made-up thing, if it's such an unimportant thing in the grand scheme of things, then why did they put so much importance into it? Because, I have my theory about this, because musicians want to be athletes, and athletes... (laughs) Want to be musicians? Not all. I'm not making. I'm not. I'm paying with a broad stroke there. But think about this: a lot of musicians wish that would like to be athletes. Steve and a lot Harris. of athletes would like to be musicians. They're both talented, and they both have a pinnacle of success. And they can. And they see that athletes can reach that pinnacle of success maybe by winning a championship or getting it. The ultimate is getting in. The ultimate personal success is getting in. To the Hall of Fame, and the rock and roll fi- or music or whatever has their Hall of Fame, and they want that recognition. Maybe maybe the athlete musician thing is maybe maybe that's too broad of a stroke, but it's a personal recognition thing, and it's a freaking ego thing, is what it is too. We all know that musicians have pretty big egos. Not necessarily you, Mark, but. I got a bit of an ego. This is is a KISS podcast, so we were allowed to talk about musicians with large egos. And another big word's like gymnasium. Correct. (laughs) And that plays a large role in it, too. Because they see their peers get into this Hall of Fame. Well, I think I'm just as good as he is. I sold just as many albums as he does. Just like, well, I had just as many home runs in my career as this guy did. I think I deserve to be in there, too. It's an ego thing at the end of the day. You, and yeah, you know what, though? Ate up, but it's an ego thing. But you know what? One thing that I, that I heard, though, that I think that's a very important thing to bring up, too, that I think will support your comments, Lonnie, is that I heard a really great interview with Steve 
Howe from Yes when they asked them what he thought about Yes not being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he brought up something I thought that was very important. He goes, Yes is not the kind of band that will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because we're not those kind of people. And they kind of looked at him and go, what do you mean you're not that kind of people? He goes, we're not those kind of people that go to the right events and to the right charity dinners and we don't go and kiss the right butts. They're not in the boys club. Yeah, they don't care about that. They don't care about hanging around and talking to Rolling Stone and kissing their rear end and, you know, doing all those things. They just did what they want to do and they continue to just do what they want to do. If they got get brought in, so be it. If they don't, they don't seem to give really a rat's ass about it at this point at all. But, you know, the fans are the ones who are making the money enough than the band actually is, you know? I mean, the only time it got brought up again is when Chris Squire died. And they figured that it would be a shame not to put them in then after he passed away. But that's a good point. I mean, a lot of this, too, has to do with the right people and the right amount of schmoozing and wheeling and dealing to get you considered and get on that little list of theirs in their black book to be considered, I think. Yeah, and I think at this point, then, uh, you know, coming back to Prince briefly... Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame really better start looking at the ages of some of the acts that are such egregious exclusions from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Gene, that goes for you now that you're you're in there. Um, you know, if we're losing people who are 57 years old, you know, look at these bands that are not in, who ought to be in, who have been ignored or passed over year after year after year. Yeah, some of the most egregious ones of these are like Kiss or Cheap Trick or Rush or Deep Purple or, you know, the list is endless even though a lot of those have now been rectified. We're now looking at even younger bands, but, I mean, Def Leppard, um, Motley Crue, Motley Crue, none of those guys. I mean, Mick Mars is 800 years old at this point. You better, if he's he, never going to die. If, if he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, you better get his ass into the Hall of Fame before you have to cart him in in a kiss coffin because, you know, Mick deserves, you know, he's the guitar sound of that band, regardless of Nicky being the lyricist. And holy mm-hmm. shit, Nicky bashing on Karabi today. Holy fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, there's a te- there's a tangent. There's crabby I, old man. Yeah, another crabby old sodding rock star who hasn't taken his geritol i mean holy shit go sit on the toilet for a bit six go Be- listen to karami album six go go put on yeah, put go, go put on smoke the fucking sky okay you know listen to that listen to the guitars and i think you're just butthurt because you needed someone to help you write lyrics at that point yeah you know? oh yeah you you lost your uh your hair pulling blondie right you know, and yeah. here here you had a guy who could play guitar and write and had personality. So I loved Krabby's, you know, response today. It was just, I'm not getting into it. Fuck that. I love the album. He's you too know? good for him. And, who's, and, and took the high road. Yeah, who's he been working with lately? Mick Mars. I mean, fuck. Yeah, you know? I mean, that that is the best record Motley Crue made, hands down, in my opinion. It is. End of of sentence period, that's the best thing they did. I was never really that huge into them. I did like Shout the Devil, and I do like Dr. Feelgood, but that record to me was just head and shoulders above anything they did, and for him to completely knock that is just absolute crap. Yeah, like it never happened. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that and Quaternary, you know, the follow-up EP, just unfrickin' believable, the material on that. Do, is it the same as Too Fast for Love or Shout the Devil? No. Does it hold a candle? Yeah, it does, actually. Because if I'm going to pick, pick three, I'll take Motley Crue 94 over Dr. Feelgood any day of the week. Oh, that's that, a hot take, Julian. Ring the bell. No, it's not, like <laughs> I'm, it's not like I'm saying I'll take it over Shout at the Devil. I mean, <laughs> Still, though. <laughs> so we, we get into... You know, now we've got a lot of acts out there. Is Gene going to go up against the hall and, like, really lay down the law in kind of, like, Gene manner and start trying to right some of the wrongs that are going on? Or is he just going to take easy shots for easy press? That's the whole thing with NWA. I mean, what the, what the hell's the problem with NWA? L- listen to Straight Outta Compton. I mean, buy that album, even if you're not a fan of rap. I actually own the album. And... You know, it's a seminal album. It's an important album. You know, you can pick a few of these throughout music history that are really important. You know, Run DMC had one as well. I mean, but, you know, is Gene just guilty because Read My Body wasn't a hit? (laughs) (laughs) A little bitter. A little bitter. 
that that, that yeah. their that Kiss's attempt at rap did not quite pay the same dividends as say um, Def Leppard. Well, I mean, it it almost or seems Aerosmith. now. It, it almost seems now like the, now that he's in this position that he, I guess, I'll take your word for it that he has maybe some sort of control over who may be considered or not. Uh, it just almost seems like. He's taking it out on other acts now because it took so long for Kiss to get it. It's almost like you said, he's almost like being bitter about it. Like he's using that, you know, that whole situation to his advantage now. Almost like, well, now I'm in this position. I'm going to sit here now and make sure that the proper people get put in now, you know. But I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is a, a vote by a committee, though, isn't it? It's not just, you know, one or two people. I think the whole group of them have to agree on it. So I don't know how much influence. That's the thing. How much weight does Gene Influence's voice have in that thing? Probably nothing because they hated, they hated Kiss throughout the years. Rolling Stone. So I mean, the fact that they got even put in is so you think Gene walks in the room and all of a sudden he has everyone's respect? Fuck no. You know, it's like unfortunately not. They're like, who are you? Yeah. Oh god, I can't believe we let you in when he walks in the room. (laughs) You know, and it's to me, Gene making comments like that. Is embarrassing to me because people are, you know, people know me as a big Kiss fan. And they're like, "Yeah, did you see what Gene said? Well, aren't aren't you a big Kiss fan?" Like, yeah, well, I, I wish he just, it's, I wish he just shut his mouth, you know, just, just shut up and and play the music and maybe put out a product that's worth buying. When I, 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 I think that yeah, I think it's, it's maybe he should answer Ace Frehley's phone calls. Yeah, how about that? Maybe you're too. That's a excellent point, Julian. Yeah. Maybe yeah, you should well, I mean, Frehley's phone call and shut your mouth. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's 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 very strange. I mean, why 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 now? Like I mean, when, when, when the funny thing is when when a band is younger and they're looked at kind of you know in a different light, I think, than when a band is a lot older. When they start making controversial things when they're a lot older, they, they kind of look at it as, you know, the grumpy grandpa thing. But, you know, it's like when Axel and Guns N' Roses were at the height of their popularity during, like, you know, Appetite, anything that he said about, you know, whether it was about homosexuality or whatever it was, it just was went like wildfire to the just, press, yeah. you know. And, you know, but but, you know, if he was to say something like that now, they would just look and roll their eyes and say, oh, God, you know, because, you know, here's like, you know, 90-year-old Axel saying it now, right? But, you know, I think that that has a little bit to do with it as well. I mean, with youth comes a little bit more of the, you know, the coolness and comes a little bit more of the, you know, the the danger, you know, the danger of rock and roll. You know, a, a band that's made up of a bunch of 60-, 70-year-old people is not nearly as dangerous or cool, I don't think. He to to touch on Axel real quick, I've been listening to some of those shows, and I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, like he'd go off on rants like in between songs and that, and he has really kept his mouth shut in between songs, and it's just gone from one song to the next, and he introduces the band at one point, and he really he doesn't have like these, you know, rants about the state of America or somebody that pissed him off today or anything, and it's really just been about the music, and he's really just kept his mouth shut. And you haven't heard anything about them going on late. I mean, I know they're only a couple. We're only a couple shows into them playing, but I think if they would have went on one of these shows extremely late, it would have been all over. That oh, you know, maybe they're back together, but it's the same up to the same old tricks of going on two hours late. So you know, Axel, one of the best things to ever happen to him was breaking his leg because he's probably on high-quality painkillers that really mellow him out, and he, he's known to be a bit anxious. I mean, there's a great article up on Here Today Gone to Hell um, from, I think, about 2000 about him disappearing and some of the challenges. Um, I, I, you just mm-hmm. have to Google it and find it for yourself. I read that. But you know what? He's He's been... You know, using Dave Grohl's throne, you know, to get through the shows. He's been thanking Dave during the shows. Yeah, he's he's not been running around singing like a wounded buffalo, you know, panting, and he's able to just focus on singing. And you know what? From those high-quality YouTube clips that I've heard, he's actually sounded pretty good. You know, I I think the band sounded great. He sounded decent. Um, you know, yeah. more power to him. He's still not the right fucking vocalist for ACDC, but that's a different story. Yeah, uh, you know, I, gu- guns sound great right now. Yeah, and I, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, 
that I also found the same thing surprisingly with Vince Neil when he screwed up his leg on that tour when they were out with Kiss. I think it was when he screwed up his ankle there and they played in Toronto. People even in the Toronto press said that one of the best vocal performances Vince Neil ever did was that night because he couldn't run around and do anything. He had to kind of stay kind of stationary and walk a little bit around. But you know what? It's true. If you think about the theory of singing, if you if you sit and you stay in a proper position with your diaphragm, you can sing a lot better. I mean, look at these opera singers. There's a reason they don't run around on stage. They stay in a spot and they kind of project their voice and they, they don't use microphones. They have such a huge voice, right? So if you take that approach and kind of, you know, stay a bit more stationary, man, the singing that these guys can do surprises a lot of people, you know? And, I mean, Axel right there is kind of proving it, sitting in the Dave Roll chair. And like you mentioned, the painkillers, I mean, you know, me being of somebody who has unfortunately known the, the 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 ups and downs and the beauty and unbeauty of OxyContin, know what something like that can do to somebody. You can feel really, really good and comfortable and everything feels great and everyone's your best friend and maybe he's in that world right now where he's like, I really love Slash and the guys right maybe now. Maybe that's why you, you know? see pictures of him and Slash smiling at each other. He's just yeah. saying up. They don't even... <laughs> now, now, now him singing out to get me is really ironic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about medicine, but Vince Neil screwing up is like, well, I guess it might have kept him from driving. That's probably good. That's that's definitely a good thing. Bada bing. Uh, so, you know, here we are. We're going all over the place today because you we're know, not going to be able to call this a Kiss podcast. This this is this is the Rock and this Roll is Hall of Fame, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trademark uh, <laughs> podcast. You know, it's just a whole bunch of kind of topics that are tied together. So what I said earlier is perhaps Gene Simmons better answer Ace's phone call. Hey, Carly, I got a rap song. You want to, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be you know, great. That, that'd, be, that'd be great to get Ace, you know, now to try and get Gene to do a rap song. That'd be fucking awesome. But uh, a Remake of you, Gene. Oh, God. Yeah, mm. stick my hands in fans. <laughs> so. Now that I've completely lost any semblance of track of where I thought we might be going with this, but um, you know, we're talking about Prince, obviously, and we get into Paul health issues, Ace health issues, and you know, we we touched on it a little bit last week that you know, Paul obviously didn't perform last Friday because of his shoulder. And we're talking about the health of our rock stars. Ace has had challenges. I mean, he's been overdoing it apparently and had the flu. I had a friend that went to that show, that went from Chicago to New York to see Ace, got there and found out that the show was canceled. Ouch. He was so pissed. Yeah, and that was going to be one of the ones that was well attended. I mean, right. um, again, we haven't seen any additional poll star figures this week or box scores for Ace's shows, so we just don't know how the tour is doing. But, hell, does it sound like a good excuse to get off the road? I'm not feeling too good. But most of my audience is a 300. You know, yeah, he, well, he he can't be making bank. I'm sure he's doing well on the meet and greets. That always seems to be a great way to prop up bands with additional revenue streams. He's probably doing okay on the merch if he's got it with him. And um, I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone from the shows who uh, might be able to give us an idea of how, how he's doing. But now he's got an album out. And it's, uh, you know, just had its first week on release. You know, he he's just dropped off the radar so it's kind of interesting what do you guys think on ace mark well um it was it was kind of interesting i mean you can always start getting into these kind of conspiracy theories with you know how sick is he really you know is he really that sick that he has to get off you know stuff like that but i mean you know having been sent to a hospital and stuff like that's pretty serious i mean when you start getting up into his age there too i mean he was doing a lot like if you really sit back and back and take a look at it not let's not even talk about the the shows the amount of interviews i've seen him do for this album has has been a lot and i mean you have to go to this place sit down do it i mean you know sure talking isn't exactly the most strenuous thing but you know getting prepared for these things going over there, the traveling, and then don't forget in between this too, he apparently took a red eye to Los Angeles to do the video with Paul Stanley for the the Fire and Fire and Water song. And uh 
he had took the red eye back apparently afterwards to get back onto the tour. And I mean, you, that's fine doing that when you're between the ages of 20 and maybe 40. But when you get up there, your body starts reacting a bit differently to this kind of wear and tear that you're doing. And I mean, it, it's probably just starting to show at this point now. And maybe it was a smart idea for him to get off because I mean, I certainly don't want Ace to be the number three of the, you know, the ever scary people dying in threes club here, right? So the fact that he's home and resting and hopefully getting better is a comforting thought to me because I don't want him to be next, you know? And I mean, and you got to be careful because flu-like symptoms again, I I just heard that now with, with the whole Prince thing that apparently when he had to, he had to land his plane early on some flight that he was doing because he had flu-like symptom, symptoms again. So that phrase has been going around lately. And oh, come on. I mean, even, even more important of that was uh, Jimmy Bain, flu-like yeah. symptoms. I mean, holy shit. You know, dies on the... Uh, what, I, yeah, I don't know what the name of that one was, but, uh, you know, he, he had been feeling under the weather, and, I mean, didn't know he had cancer. So flu-like yeah, exactly. flu -like yeah. symptoms now. I mean, let's not all go hypochondriac. No, it's, it's, it's something just to shake off. So Yeah. But it, it's more important, I think, Ace, you know, be healthy. That's, uh, you know, critical importance. And it's also a good reason, you know, to not tour if you're not making money. I mean, I have no idea. These are, what, 1,100 capacity clubs? Those yeah. have got to be pretty tight on the guarantees he's getting. Um, he's not raking it in. Yeah, and it's it can do a lot more damage to him, I would think. If you're continuously getting booked for... Let's say you're getting a, a low five-figure guarantee on these because we know what he used to get years ago, and you're pulling in three hundred. They're not making that, are they? No, not easily off the ticket prices, and then you're going to become poisoned in the marketplace yeah. because you're going to become known as a poor draw, booking a loser. No one's going to book you. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think at this point, Ace really needs to be part of a package tour. Simple, yeah. simple as that, you know. Like, like you see the rat. The and I always use the eighteen versions of rat as an example, but you know the rats, the Cinderellas, the, the Cinderellas, yeah. You know that that sort yeah. of band seem to be able to pair themselves up, you know, in in three and go out and you know do the smaller market tours, and they seem to be successful. There seems to be a lot of positive chatter about it on Facebook. I don't think Ace is a pull on his own anymore, and I don't think he has been for much of you know his resurgence. He's so niche, you know. Since Anomaly came out, he's not gotten out of those size clubs, and yeah. the draws have you know progressively gotten lower and lower. That I think he's damaging his name, much like he did in the nineties. Yeah, you know where you know, he's where he's healthy now. I mean, and the funny thing is that. The internet can be a very deceiving thing to people because you have all these kind of, you know, Facebook pages, you know, like these, like millions of different kiss different pages and stuff like that. So when somebody like Ace announces that they're making a record and going to, you know, release it, the the reaction sometimes can be very overwhelming by these by these groups of people on there. But if you take a look at how many of those how many of those people are it's in the grand scheme of things it's not a lot of people i mean you know for him to be making a huge draw he has to be in more major newspapers or more major kind of press stuff i think on a more constant basis than what he is now i think i mean like i, I just think that people are kind of getting a little bit uh deceived by what's going on here because you know he's getting good press amongst the kiss people and his and his audience, but his audience isn't that big. It's certainly not as big as a Kiss audience. So, sure, they're all saying it's the greatest thing that's ever happened, is the greatest record. But that really is not that many people. It shows what the attendance of the people in his shows. Right? Yeah, I think what here's my advice to you, Ace. I think you got to pick a rapper and have a beef with him. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't recommend that's Tupac. That's the move. <laughs> I, I, no, Tupac's dead, so don't do him. Um, Biggie's dead. Don't do him. Find one who's alive and right. maybe relevant. Go after him. Maybe edgy, dangerous. Ice Cube. I mean, he's pretty. You know, he's, you know, he's Put pretty your gangster. Finger in his chest. Yep. Tell you him know. you're not rock and roll. Yep. You know, and listen uh, to me. Keep keep a straight face. My my opinion is the only one that matters. Flowrider. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, if you, if you want to whack Bieber you while you're at it, you know, get some headlines. 
you know, hit him with a guitar. That's but... the move. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but there you go. Gene's right on one thing. No, Gene's not. Gene knows, how, Gene knows you... how to get his name in the press. Because <laughs> he has a tour. Because he has a tour to promote this summer. But you guys were right. You guys talked about it last week that it's really too bad that Ace didn't get the opening slot on Kiss's upcoming tour. Because um, you said he's a, oh, he's a package he's a package deal, and how cool would that have been? Um, but obviously, it's just not going to happen either. For you know, Kiss doesn't want him doing it. Ace doesn't want to open for Kiss. You know, nobody asked one another. But how cool would that be? Yeah, but do you think Kiss really wanted to open for Aerosmith? Or Aerosmith no. wanted Kiss to open for them? No. It's business. What makes sense? It You know, as the third act, pick your middle act. You know, if you want to only have Ace as the opener, you'd at least have asses in the seats at the beginning for that mm-hmm. if Ace was opening, even if you had a, you know, a, the next tier middle act. And here's the other other thing. You know, Indie Kiss Expo was announced. You know, for May the twenty second, and I was—I checked out flights. I was really, really Indy's the only one I'll go to. Um, can't do it though. But uh, you know, Tommy's the well, special guest. Tommy's the special guest. But why not? Why not Ace? If Ace is promoting an album, and they've had Bruce, they've had Union, they've had ESP. Uh, you know, but why? You'd be confused with two spacemen there. Why? No, each book, one, book, book each, the original spaceman then. No, but each one knows who the original is. I mean, where's the confusion? You know, so Tommy's not going to be wearing makeup that weekend. He's the headlining guest, actually. Um, so he wouldn't be showing up in spaceman makeup because he does most of his promo stuff unmasked anyway. So oh, he showed up in that wizard makeup in '96. Uh, <laughs> so there's my point. Why is, you know, Ace not getting a little bit more of the kind of useful PR stuff? He's just, like, stuck in a rut doing the same shit over and over and over. It's like Groundhog Day for Ace Frehley, that he's doing the same clubs, the same sorts of places. He's kind of doing the same routine that's wearing him down, plus being sick doesn't help. It's just it's depressing. I mean, like someone said on Facebook, and this is, Mike, this is a shout-out to you because you posted it, that, you know, Origins has some of the best songs he's ever that's written. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was really off to a crappy start to my day. Mike posted that and it really made me smile. You know, those are really, they are really good songs. No shit. <laughs> wow. Some of the songwriter on Ace's new album is fantastic. And, and I'm, not on, I'm not on actually on that Facebook right now to, to read the exact oh, quote, but funny. it was uh, mind blowing. Mind blowing. This is put out on Sonic Boom or Monster. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so so there we are. Um, you know, Ace, I really think should be a guest at the Indie Kiss Expo. Yeah, but well, yeah, I mean, don't you think that that would be a person who puts it on though works for Kiss? Yeah, so I know, but yeah. so I think that's yeah. why the, the the greater good. I agree. Yeah. I I'm not disagreeing with you, but yeah. Well, then again, I think I should be a special guest. You know, playing oh gosh, the, yeah, playing the eye video. You can you can just go in there and show yourself off. People would line up for you, Julian. Yeah, yeah. Punch, punch the dummy. A dollar, a dollar a hit. <laughs> FAQ and the aeroplane down. They come after you. you, you if you remember the Napster thing way back with uh, Metallica, how soon after that this little game online came out, bitch slap a rock star, and Gene Simmons was one, and I think Lars was the other. So you'd get slapped the shit out of your rock star. You know, anyone who had said anything negative about uh, about Napster was featured in that. So. Okay, where were we? Uh, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Yes. Paul Stanley. Does, yeah. he, does he need a shoulder to do soul station? Yeah, that didn't quite come out. Does he need a shoulder to do soul station? And is that very rock and roll? <laughs> he's kind of, he's kind of tying everything together. <laughs> so, well, so, I mean, so, Gene, should uh, Paul be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now that, fin- now that he's doing Little Richard? Go put your finger in Paul's chest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's good, obviously easier to do Soul Station in that condition that he's in now. Um, but you know, I, I think that the the whole thing with Soul Station is I think it's just an outlet for him to just get that little bit of the little bit of different music. Maybe that's he's been thinking about doing. You know, later on in his life, get it out of his system, kind of thing. And you know, I don't think he has any intention 
mentioned I'm not doing kiss anymore, but I mean, obviously, you know, in this condition, he can, he can do soul station. No problem. Kiss is obviously a different story, but we've been reassured by him that the tour is going to be going on. He'll be ready. No by seventh. Yeah. Oh, he'll, so, he'll totally be ready. I, I don't doubt that for a moment. You know, and I also figure he's already done rap. He's already done rock and roll. So R and B, you know, maybe, maybe he's going to go country next, like country, you know, like Brett uh, Michaels, Steven Steve, Tyler, Steven Tyler or Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Or Stop. what? What is it? Ronnie Lee Keel. Brett Michaels. Oh, nice. Yeah. Don't you mean Brett Michaels Bandana? <laughs> Can't stand that guy. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just. I think that's another thing that was sort of strange, though, is that the whole timing of that bicep tear was really strange. I mean, I I I don't think did did he even mention how it happened, like what caused it. No, but the week before he'd fallen off a skateboard or something, hadn't he? Yeah. I, I don't recall the details because it's, it's the shit that just flies across the feed and I see it and I don't really... You know, and, and he's 60 whatever years yeah. old. He wor- and he works out pretty regularly, you know? I mean, you could see him tearing a bicep too. I mean, it... He's fit. I know, yeah. but... Stop I doing those... I run marathons and I'm sidelined right now because I have a foot problem. It happens. Yeah. You know, and and it's easier as we get older to do. I mean, I know from when I play soccer, I mean, obviously, I'm not exactly a fit example of humankind like Paul Stanley is, but I do play soccer and I do freaking hurt afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, and it hurts more as I get older. So... You know. It's recovery time. It takes longer as you get older, right? Your body can recover quicker when it's younger, you know, and it also has to do with diet and what you put into your body to help the muscles recover, right? So, I mean, I'm sure he's all aware of that, right? But I'm just curious to see what it was that actually caused him to do that. And I mean, especially if it was a skateboard thing, I think that that's sort of being foolish on his part because he knows they have a tour coming up. He knows they haven't been around for a little while in these markets, but yet he's going to go on a skateboard and drop his ass off it. Like, what a bonehead. He's like an NFL player in his contract where he can't go on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, more than than likely, he slipped on a piece of lettuce in his kitchen while working on the Paul Stanley cookbook. (laughs) Paul Stanley's contract. No skateboards. No skateboards, Paul. And and who knows? Don't forget, also, he's got young children. Yeah, who knows? Being a dad to young children is dangerous because... All of a sudden, you're doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing because it's for them. Do it anyway. You're doing it anyway. You know, all the times I've done stuff with mine that I shouldn't be doing, and yeah, shit happens. Simple as that. But, you know, if I was half as fit as Paul Stanley, I'd still be fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, words of wisdom? <laughs> Oh, just accepting reality, honestly. <laughs> Shit, I mean, you know, at least someone like him's going to get fit a lot more quickly than, say, Ace, who has, you know, decades of abuse on the clock. You know, you, you, that does things to you as well. I mean, Ace, mm-hmm. Ace and Paul both being sick, you know which one is more likely to be fit quicker. Yeah, of course, there's always, that's a given. There's always the Keith Richards kind of thing that comes into it that it probably doesn't really freaking matter. It's all a matter of luck anyway. So <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy and Keith. Jesus, poster childs for... Yeah. Outlive us all. <laughs> yeah. Well, we thought that Lemmy was going to outlive us all, but that didn't happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I mean, here we here we are, you know, just... All the icons that died in 2016, it's been rough. Well, I had a friend who wrote a song, uh, a really, really good song in, at university. All the best rock stars are dead was his song, and that was his his kind of take on things in 1997 was, yeah, it's it's inevitable. But, you know, you look at a guy called, you know, Lemmy, who made it through that tour and then died. Prince, who performed last week while canceling a couple of gigs, not feeling well, who, you know, played to, play to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, that. what more can anyone ask? That is their career. That is their lives. And yeah. they, they made it to the end of the road doing things what how they wanted. Lemmy never freaking bent, did he? Did, yeah. Did, did he ever do anything for anyone else, or did he just do it his way? 
No, and I mean, that's that's it. I mean, and I think I might have said this before in a prior episode, but I went to a thing called a Concrete Foundation Forum back in 1992, and he was the special guest speaker at the beginning of it. And they, they literally had to drag him out of bed because Ted Nugent canceled at the last minute. He was supposed to be the keynote speaker, and they brought him out, and he apologized that he was hungover when he did this speech. And he said, though, he made a great point. He said that the most important thing to him as a musician is that he can wake up every day, look himself in the mirror and feel good about himself because he did things his way, did things the way he wanted to. And he has no regrets about anything that he did. He's not one of these people who's going to look back 20 years later and think, okay, well, I wish I didn't do that. He did things his way and he, and he ended things on his terms. You know, he went out the way he wanted. And what more can you ask for than that? Yeah. You know, it really makes me, I've been really kind of disenchanted with the whole idea of Kiss touring Uh, this summer. And, you know, I was just like, what's so, uh uh-oh, we have a special guest joining us late into the show. We'll get some hot takes from him. But I I was really kind of disenchanted about the whole thing with Kiss touring this summer. And it's just like, you know, it's just going to be more of the same old shtick and, you know, I've heard some people say, no, this is really great that Kiss is touring. It's going to be like an old school style Kiss show, what a particular podcast was saying, and that, you know, we're going to get a full Kiss show. Well, no, I, I really disagree with that. I think I agree with what Julian said on here a couple of weeks ago that you're going to get about 16 songs, and it's going to be the same. Sh- and I think it's really going to be the same show. You might get one or two songs thrown in there. But, you I mean, you're going to play the hits. You're not going to come out and play something obscure. It's going to be the same stuff. But that being said, and, you know, we talk about David Bowie. We talk about Lemmy. We talk about Prince. You know, I was really toying with the notion of not going to any shows this year. But it really makes me think that, you know, maybe I maybe I really should go see a show because of the unknown. So Yeah, I, I think that makes a hell of a lot of sense, really. It's now a matter of reevaluating the value that you place on these things that have either been special in your life in the past or have remained special with you to this day. So those of us who remain active fans of KISS are more likely to go. Those of you who maybe have fallen by the wayside because some of the drama of the last 14 years or personal preferences, opinions on what the band has or maybe has not done, you know, look at these things through the eyes of a Prince fan or a David Bowie fan or a Motorhead fan that once these special things are gone there really is no going back to anything other than the memory or a video which is a very poor analog for the reality of the experience especially with a show like Kiss I, I don't care what you say of whether it's like you remember it in 1977, 1975 2014 or whenever that it's still a kiss show it's still an experience it's still paul stanley up on stage the ringmaster ringmaster of the rock and roll party it's gene simmons doing everything you anticipate and expect him to do and it's you know tommy and eric fulfilling their roles as the characters that they portray you know, you can either be offended by it, or you can take it, take it for as, what it is, be appreciative. You have take it as honoring, you know, the legacy of what the band did build with Peter and Ace. You know, don't take it as an insult to Peter and Ace because they sold their rights out. Do you think Kiss could do it if they didn't have the rights? Is it the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? I don't think that matters a damn. I think that's a debate that's been done to death. I don't think you should weigh on it. It's just. Do you want to be someone who has regrets? You know, oh shit, I didn't go and see them one last time. Because you now, know, there's Motorhead fans out there that skipped this last tour and say, "Well, I'll, ca- I'll catch, I'll catch them the next time." Yeah, yeah. you know, there's Motley Crue no, fans no. who ca- who skipped this last time. I still got my ticket sitting up there. You know, no, actually, my ticket sitting up there is AC fucking DC from AT and T Park, which I didn't make it to in the end. I saw AC DC. Yeah, screw you. Uh, <laughs> I saw one of the last shows they did, actually. St. Louis is like maybe the second or third last show they did. You know, you know, Ace called his book 
no regrets. I mean, well, I've said it should be no recollections. You know, <laughs> you've, you've really got to kind of approach. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I don't recollect. <laughs> so, you know, just just do it this summer. You know, and you know, I'm not. This isn't a paid ad by the Kiss Company, but uh, you, know, you know, it's really a, a reminder. It's an excellent point, though, because I mean, the the sand is running through the hourglass, my friends. Pretty soon, it'll be These emptied. Are the days of our lives. And, and, exactly. And wanna, yeah, and not to be cryptic, but who knows? Maybe you know, I'm not saying something's going to happen to Junior Paul, and there won't be another tour for this one. But something might happen to you, or something might happen to me. Or your circumstances, it, or, or, or my yeah, circumstances, or, or whatever. You don't. No one knows. Tomorrow's not guaranteed for anybody. Yeah, that's I'm, why no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to turn this show into, you know, some. That's of, right, my it, brothers live every day like it's your you know, last. I'm not trying to, yeah, but I'm not trying to turn this show into something cryptic or anything. But it's the truth. Well, yeah, but, what what is no? it? Yesterday is it's the like past and it's anybody. gone. You know, tomorrow hasn't happened yet, but the now is the gift. You know, or something to that effect. And it's very true, without getting too philosophical or you know kumbayaish. You know that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Got to do it with a little bit more Norwegian death metal growl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't know where the hell we are. I mean, the topic today is is uh, or the topics. Topics kind of three of us bullshit for an hour. <laughs> they're, they're just they're just all over the place today because you know, like I said, I'm I'm pretty disjointed after today's news, and it's just one of those weird days that. You know, I think we I, all are. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and it does give us an opportunity to go into a lot of things. Ken never did make it, so Ken, you know, we look forward to seeing you next time. But any final thoughts, gentlemen? Anything else happening in the KISS world that we've neglected to mention? Oh, Ace Frehley has a new album out, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> huh. <laughs> yeah, and apparently a video was done too that uh, for some reason hasn't hasn't not been released yet. We're not allowed to see it apparently. I don't understand that. Okay, that's my. This is my last little comment I'm going to make. This is a typical example of stupidity because if you're going to be promoting an album, okay, the video is supposed to be one of the key things used to promote it. So why no. didn't you release this? No, 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 no. You should have did it before. There's just so much you don't no. understand, Mark. The video. Let, let's let's just go back there for a second. Um, you can have a you can have a video, or you can maybe do a video like Kiss did. Remember their stupid freaking lyric videos, uh -huh. which are basically Mac attack Macintosh on steroids with effects with the lyrics. No, so the video is not a core part of the promotion. Um, he's had a shitload of press already. And he's been in every magazine, and he's in Rolling Stone. He's been Loudwire. He's been on everything. He's been uh, guitar that Guitar World, him and Slash. On yeah, the, the only place I don't think I've seen him is TMZ, which is I thank God because he's still alive. Because he hasn't caught, hasn't put his finger in a rapper's chest yet. That's yeah. why. <laughs> so you know, I think Ace is doing really well in terms of promoting his album. The four thousand nine hundred twenty-seven people who were likely to buy it have indeed purchased the album. Um, and the video might account for maybe three additional purchases, which will come in handy, say, in week three or four, when things that E1 has planned for getting that bump in, back into the top 200 is required. So I, I don't think that, you know, what I'm saying is I don't think the video is either here or there. I think it's probably came down to scheduling with Paul. Um, and likely with Ace's schedule being asked backwards of going on tour and then releasing the album, mm -hmm. because don't you usually release the album and then go on tour? Yeah, I mean, but that's but that's what I'm saying though. Like, but usually, usually what what I'm what I'm trying to get at though is that okay, they did do the video, it is done, they can put it out, but yet they haven't. I mean, okay, where usually, they, where are they going to put it out? Is MTV going to show it? No, I mean just even on just the YouTube, they just like to get more people. I mean, come on, you did it with Paul Stanley for a reason. Because you wanted more people to watch it. If you didn't, you wouldn't even have bothered calling him over. What for? You but, can just do any anything. But do people not already know about the album because of Paul Stanley? Isn't the video therefore somewhat superfluous to the whole situation? That so in other it's, words, it's already it's already on the sticker, and it's already been a talking point. I think in ninety percent. So, does the video have any okay. purpose other than maybe wasting twenty thousand dollars? 
Well, if it's the record label's money. Yeah, but he has to pay it back. Well, yeah. It's on. This is Ace. This is Ace. Do you think he knows that? You just yeah, you yeah, just yeah. told him, Mark. You just <laughs> he's he's going to be it. sitting there going, "Oh my what, god, what do you mean I got to pay for it?" He's going to have a stroke now that he found this out, <laughs> Mark. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, they they told me. They, they, yeah. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> I got to know. So 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 my take on it is it's all irrelevant in this day and age. Having a video is it a nice thing? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Is it going to really generate anything of any use? I really don't believe so. And again, it's not I, I, I said, anyone. It's not. Yeah, there's nowhere to show it. And so what? Put it up on YouTube. What are well, they going to use it? What they use? What did they do it for then? That's what I want to know. Why did they do it then? They're going for new fans in Taiwan. Because <laughs> I mean, usually that's why you make a video, right? I mean. No, there's I no, there's, there's like, no reason now for rock star or rock rock bands. I don't think really mm-hmm. to be making videos. No, not okay. in, not in the original 1980 sense. And I mean, it's I don't see anywhere that they can actually be using it promotionally. Then you know they could then they could have used the money for something better maybe than than obviously than if it was of no use, right? Yeah, come on, Ace, they're starving children. <laughs> It was. It, I mean, it's a cool. It was a cool thing to do. But I'm. I'm with Julian though. What's the, What's the point of doing it? it it's. It's not 1991. It's, they're not looking for it to go in the heavy rotation on MTV to help promote the album, because. Honestly, I don't think at the and the video is the idea of it's cool. Him and Paul Stanley together. That's great. You haven't seen that since 2002, I guess. So I mean, it's it's an exciting concept. But is it going to push any more albums? No, it's like they're not going to sell any more albums because of the video, because yeah. it's not 1991 and it's not heavy rotation on on MTV and kids don't sit around and watch MTV <clears throat> their favorite music videos that come on because they all have their phones and they can just watch whatever they want to on YouTube. I just I, okay, I don't well, see it generating anything. That's 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 fine. I agree with you guys with that. But then the, so then basically to me what I get out of that then is that that's just another way that the record company has Ace really. They have them around the neck now because they just wasted amount of money on something that they're not going to use for anything. It's not going to benefit him in any way, except that he has to pay that back to them somehow before he can get out of his contract now. So congrats, congrats! You have a video that you're not going to need for for anything. You don't use for anything. Why did you even bother well, to do? It? We didn't say it was going to benefit Ace, and you've just brought up exactly why it's a useful thing to have done. Origins Volume Two. Ace, you've got twenty thousand unrecouped here. You know, um, we, we got to get out. How can how quickly can you, uh, you know, knock out another twelve covers for us? Yeah, uh, hey, space truck. Pretty quick, I can do them on one take. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and by the way, we're not suggesting, of course, uh, it shouldn't need to be said. We are not suggesting that Ace's record label are in any way being nefarious. No, Julie's just making stuff up off the cuff. We have no inside information. <laughs> I I didn't even get a promo for Origins, so <laughs> I didn't even get a promo for all for all for one. Jesus, oh, that's a crying shame. Jeez, actually, I've never had a promo. Really, they never sent you a record company's never sent you a promo for a review for FAQ. No, I only get cease and desists. No. That's well, you get something. <laughs> it gets negative things for running the FAQ. Nothing positive comes. Oh yeah, I mean. You know, I've had my latest uh, legal letter this week. Yeah, that's all I fucking get is legal Uh-oh. headaches. Yeah, so. Well, it's all in the name I, of rock and roll, right, Julian? I know I'd much rather get an advance of albums that come out, but, you know. Actually, uh, who was it sent me one? Clown! Clown sent me. Clown Alive too. Oh, yes. That's, that was an advance of sorts. Oh, nice. And it was, cool. actually. It was very nice. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thought they did a great job. Good sense of humor. But uh, there, there, there we go. You know, Ace will have a video out. What purpose it serves, I guess, is to be determined, Mark. You know, we'll see how they use it. And I guess we'll be able to talk about it in a future episode. But, you know, since they've called it Origins Volume 1, presu- presumably, you know, There'll be Origins Volume 2 and maybe Origins Volume 3 followed by Origins 
the originals <laughs> trilogy. Stop it. <laughs> no. Colored vinyl versions. No, stop it. Well, they did do colored vinyl. They had the blue marble. Do you see that? Oh, yeah, I got that, yeah. Was that the European or was that the American? The US. Because US. in Europe they did black vinyl. And white. Yeah, and I'm afraid to order because I was bitching about it on one of the sites the other day. Every single Kiss 40 LP I got from Amazon UK shook around and split the uh, inner dust sleeves. It's like, fuckers, can't you take the LPs outside of the covers and send them properly in LP mailers? Well, no. the blue one, the blue one's from the US, so, I mean, you shouldn't have no issues with that one. No, I was down at Amoeba the other day and... Uh, they had it, and I couldn't be bothered to pay. What was it, thirty-eight ninety-nine or twenty-eight ninety-nine or something? Really? It was stupid. That's yeah. You know, they, wow. Yeah, they wonder why they have bins full of Kiss Forty vinyl. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up because we are way off topic. We have been just free form bullshitting today, talking about everything that comes to mind, and probably a. We need to come on rant this week so we have something to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's kill it there. Thank you for listening. Lonnie, thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Good to see you. And Mark, as always, thank you for being here. And thank you for listening. You know, if you've got any comments on today's show, uh, please keep them to yourself this week. Um, you, know where to, you know where to find us on Facebook or on the <laughs> Kiss FAQ message board. And, you know, we're not copying another podcast. You had Seems a like a gymnast. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had a challenging episode, their last one, but I listened. I, that's the first time I've listened to Three Sides in a while, actually, and I didn't think it was that dreadful. I thought it was uh, entertaining, and I made it all the way through, and it's obviously left an impression on me and torpedoed ours, so thanks a lot, guys. You know. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.